This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 366, Meta Money. Meta, 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 meta. Money. Hello, welcome. This is Andy Piper at gamesatwork.biz, and we are going to be talking tech. This is your weekly but not last week podcast about uh, what's new in tech <laughs> gaming and work um and uh i am coming to you from london uk um and i'm podcasting today with two good friends of mine both of whom confusingly are called michael but they're very different people um uh, first of all i'm gonna pass over to mr michael Rowe. how are you doing michael hey andy i am well and i'm i'm glad to say that we are very different people because if we were the same person are you sure there were two people or are you just like imagining additional people in your in your mind mm, it could be very confusing <laughs> i can recognize that hey michael welcome to the show <laughs> I, I was just thinking that perhaps i'm just an ai that is uh you know crafting a little audio stuff going on here and i'm not a real person uh, it he could got very be, confused. Right? He, he, he like, I mean, the the pause there was legitimate. He was sort of it? sitting there thinking, "Am I real, yeah. or am I just, am or, I real? or at least facsimile of thinking?" Yes, that that, that could be too. Yes, let's, let's, let's go, go with that. that. <laughs> let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> so, so we have a show for all of you because we we have um, spent the last two weeks commenting, curating, collecting, and contemplating what are the most important topics that we wanted to share with our listening audience. And we're starting off with, uh, I'm sure it's a big surprise to many of you, the metaverse, uh, or a metaverse for those that you think there's more than one. Um, And the metaverse, surely. It it is the The metaverse for all of us. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so we're we're going to talk about money, monetizing metaverses, and all sorts of alliteration. And our very first article talks about precisely that. So, yes. in in Horizon Worlds, you now have the opportunity to buy and sell lots of things, and um, Meta will happily relieve you of cash on so every what, element of that transaction. So, what is Horizon Worlds, Michael? Well, it's it's something that you need to have an Oculus to be able to go look into and see, right? Right. So, right. so uh, if you don't have one of those, you're not really in that particular metaverse. Did, didn't you're they in that just announce world. the release? Didn't they just announce uh, or, or release their browser-based version of it? Uh, I don't think I they've announced I something about I that. I don't think they've announced a releasing. They they have released it. I believe they said they're working on mobile and browser-based versions uh, recently yep, yep, in yep, order yep. to broaden the uh, audience, of course, because um, not everybody is necessarily going to immediately be ver- be wearing VR-capable kit. So, um, yes, I think um, we'll find a link to share about that as well. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting. So they're, they're adding, obviously purchases in horizon worlds but um they're taking a cut from that of course um as as has become a, a common model for 
in-environment content, whether it's game or um, or elsewhere, perhaps. Um, perhaps it's an app store of some kind. Perhaps it's a music store of some kind, content store. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, the the vendor, the the owning, uh, what would you call it? The owning supermarket <laughs> vendor um, yes. would uh, will take a, a cut of some kind, and they're they're taking a twenty five percent cut of in world items. Um, but there's also um, some other stuff that um, they're yeah, there's talking a, about. There's a hardware fee on top of that, which is another thirty percent. So that's a second story. There's a couple of stories here. One from CNET about the monetization of Horizon Worlds, and then another one in our list here is from Gizmodo. Although I think it was quite widely reported that uh, yeah. Meta is not just taking you know the thirty percent or whatever the current cut is of um, Apple and Google for their app stores, but significantly more for for, for Meta's, uh, Meta's uh, endeavors here. Right, but but yeah. you could see between the two articles, what what I took away was is that there are going to be a number of experiments about how to compensate content c- creators and to provide for incentives. It almost feels a little bit like a Uber Uber. Uh, demand sensitive thing like if there is a dire need for a certain kinds of content there might be bonuses applied um uh not not defending the notion that 47.5 percent of every dollar of something sold is scooped up but um that was sort of what i was looking between the two that there is a way for the store owner and the environment responsible party for the platform to then be able to now provide some incentive and means to create the right kind of content to keep the platform very very sticky did you guys yeah, take I, that too or i, did, or no? I didn't get that because I, I i look at the other models out there where the hardware vendor and the platform vendor are separate right yeah yes like Microsoft's App Store, mm-hmm. which has significantly less fees, significantly less fees, well, then you then you get the closed guard, closed wall, right, uh, of of an Apple, which is a thirty percent, and their hardware and software, and in this case, Face, uh, sorry, MetaFace, <laughs> I mean Meta, um, is both the hardware and the software platform, and when you add it up, it's almost almost half of the income. Is, yeah. is going to be lost to fees. So I don't think they're incenting anybody. I think they're actually de-incenting. Uh, since they own both, they should, personal opinion, look at the other models in the industry and be comparable, mm-hmm. especially when you think about the complexity of building uh, high-quality exper- experiential virtual experiences that's a little bit redundant there but you know what i mean right because it's not just about creating a 3d object it's it's much more than that it's an experience that you're trying to sell with the whole metaverse experience so it seems it seems a little taxing to me i mean i agree that it seems like a high number and that's been the headline around that piece of the story is you know look and they're taking half of your money or in earnings or, or or whatever um but there's a couple of other points here. Um, first of all, it's mm-hmm. worth noting that initially this is only available to 
the US and Canada. So I, although I do have a, a headset, I haven't, first of all, I haven't tried Horizon Worlds, which I've had the opportunity to do, but I just not got around to it. And secondly, um, I, I won't initially be able to, to, to make those purchases. Um, the other thing around what Michael was just saying there was that the payments are processed through the Meta App Store. So, you know, that's basically just saying, you know, that the App Store is just the commercial container for, for, for the content. And then obviously you've got the Oculus hardware fee as well. Um, but the thing that we talk about quite often, and it comes back to the joke we made at the beginning about the Metaverse being one thing or many, um, uh-huh. is a statement here that you're only initially, at least, able to purchase and use those objects and items in in the one environment, whatever that looks like in Horizon Worlds. So you can't transfer it between different worlds within Horizon Worlds. Now, there is a statement here saying that Vivek Sharma, who's the VP for Horizon says that they do want this to be able to scale eventually to cross worlds, possibly, I'm assuming, their worlds um, within Horizon. Um, so, and again, they can do that because they, presumably, because they control all of the elements that make up Horizon and the different worlds are there. Um, but what if you want to take items between containers? Now, I've been... Um, thinking again recently about my digital music and the fact that I've got it in on set I use several different platforms for streaming and what if I stop play, paying for Apple Music and although I've got ripped CD content that is I use Apple Music to access and it's still very good for that actually I've ripped a couple of CDs recently that simply aren't available on, on, on a, in a streaming format um, right. and it has showed up on all my devices and, and it's just worked um but again, what happens when you, at some stage, potentially stop paying for it, or that thing gets shut down? Has happened, and totally story that we're not, we don't have on the list, and I'm not going to spend <laughs> tons of time talking about. But you know, um, when when things shut down, when Insteon shuts down and your smart home stops working, um, when CNN Plus shuts down, right, all of those kinds of things. So yeah, I, again, I'm, I find it interesting um, around the transfer tra- transferability or access to that content. So, so not to belabor this point too much, but the interesting, really interesting thing for me is the whole arbitrage model that something like this can set up. So yep. you have an example, Michael, we'll take an easy one that you're saying, hey, you know, aren't we going to be able to access through a browser these virtual worlds? So if that's the case, do we now save the 30% hardware fee by purchasing items that didn't get purchased through the hardware? Or... Um, as we look at additional worlds, whether they're on a the same platform or they're different containers across multiple other different providers, uh, do we now have an arbitrage model where I pay 47.5% over here, but over there I'm paying 37.5%. So that's going to yeah. now set traffic and demand in a different direction which we've seen before, right? And this is exactly the case in cryptocurrency and this is exactly the case in a whole range of other things too. Well, so we're and setting coming, ourselves up for that. Coming back around to Michael's comment about um, the web and mobile versions, um, which I found a link for, so we'll, we'll put that into the, the show notes. Um, they're saying, well, you know, in defense of the, the very high apparent fees for content that you purchase and use in Horizon Worlds on Oculus, if you're using Horizon Worlds through the web, the fee is lower because you're not paying the hardware fee um, in that context. Yep. However, I was trying to set up brilliantly i thought um 
when we were talking about the access to content and, and past, you know, the, the, the lifetime of a platform, our next story. Ah, about uh, managing these objects and experiences and everything, not just for a week or a month, but for a longer time. Forever. Forever. Well, I mean, not, not objects, but people's, people's consciousnesses and brains. And, um, there's another story then about uh, on Vice, and it's st- still in the meta- metaverse space, very much so, um, about a, a company called Somnium Space, Somnium Space, uh, mm-hmm. developing Somnium. a way for people to uh, talk to their loved ones after they die. Absolutely a Black Mirror episode right here. Um, yep. Someone is going ahead and buy it and building it. <laughs> According to this story, um, what do you both think? We've seen it. Well, before. there's been a couple of things. Yeah, we we talked about the uh, the chatbot version of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a while back, we've seen it. As you say, a Black Mirror episode. Uh, lots of sci-fi talks about this. Um, yeah, it's okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, the 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 real question becomes: At which point is it just you know, playing back a tape recording, right, a recording of the person, and at which point does it continue to evolve? Well, if you can, if you can really turn it into, t- turn into somebody, t- take somebody's online presence and virtualize it as if they were still there, and then extend it. At which point is it a new thing versus the person? Yeah, and, and the, there's a price and a cost for this too. So we could play the economic game about this. Am I accessing this through my 30% Oculus hardware fee? Uh, or um, the the other element that strikes me here, and I don't know that we've talked about this before in prior episodes where we've considered this kind of a topic, um, but sometimes even static content can inspire new thinking. So let me give you a case in point. Um, You can take a deck of tarot cards and do a reading that when you present that particular problem set, the question that you might have, the tarot cards, even how they fall, even if you just read the static description of the orientation, the placement, et cetera, might spur some interesting thinking that's different than what you had before. So could you have a person's consciousness to the degree that you have allow for that? And I think the answer is, is is yes. So could you have enough of a person's AI experience through a chatbot or through a 3D virtual representation that walks, talks, and looks like the person in question? That's probably a more realistic engagement environment. And as we get more sophisticated here, we'll see that. Could it operate much in the same way that a tarot deck does when you pose a question to that entity or that AI? Hey, and if it walks could. like an AI talks like an AI and quacks like an AI, it's a duck. That's uh, a witch. Well, well, <laughs> having, having thought about immortality in the future, let's, um, let's go back in time. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so Michael, you're going to have to help us with this one because this is an article about um, Habitat, uh, yes. which is a, an MMO for, oh gosh, what does it say? For Commodore, Commodore 64, 64 in 92, which... No, um, no, 1986. Oh, went offline right. in 92. 
Yeah. Yeah. So tell this us about is, this because so, I don't have any frame of reference for this at all. So, so, so this is so much fun. And I know in prior episodes we talked about my little computer people. Uh, and it's been a long time since we talked about my little computer people, which was a Commodore 64 sim that you have a little person living in your computer and you would interact with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so Habitat was actually an extension of the old MUDs, right, uh, from, from the, the early days of computing, networked computing, uh, where they created a platform... It handled, I think the article says, around 15,000 concurrent users at any given time that you basically did everything people were doing in Second Life. (laughs) Uh, You could dress up your avatar. You would build your own games. You would interact with each other. Uh, there There were bucks, you know, money that you got... Coins that you would use, tokens to to buy content. Happy bucks um, or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and 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 what's what's just so funny to me is um, this was on a service called QLink or Quantum Link, and I had an account on Quantum Link. This was the precursor to, I believe, America Online. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a company out of Virginia, uh, and. It uh, it ended up being just an incredible CGA. I think they eventually push it up to EGA graphics quality, um, twelve hundred baud modem virtual environment. So it was it was amazing. Now I actually did not play Habitat. Right, I didn't get my QLink account until eighty eight, and. Um, I mainly used it to look at the weather because I thought it was so cool that I can get on my computer and get like real live weather maps. <laughs> um, but it's it 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 is hilarious when you go. There's there's a video that I highly recommend people watch. About eight minutes long. That was a promotional video for the platform, and it has so many of the things that most people think of modern uh, virtual worlds, virtual environments, those open world environments where it's not just a game. But it's all that interaction between people that really was just the recasting of the early MUDs and forums and interactive chat platforms. But with graphics and avatars and costumes and games and currency all built into this. Uh, it's hilarious. It's, it's unbelievable. You got to go check it out. So if this comes live again, this would be something you would want to just jump right into. Is I guess what I'm Oh, yeah. Doing, right? I, I would test it out again. Yeah. I would, and... Uh, just, 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 just to see how much of the base technology or the base concepts are still the same, mm-hmm. right? We keep reinventing the same worlds or environments with better resolution, but we haven't changed the game. You got to wonder if this turns into just a um, a diminished version of a corner of an online experience and you and the differentiation is the graphics quality right so here on the one hand i can do mocap stuff and upload an ai right so now you're looking seeing hearing versus something that is much more ega quality um is that more effective can it be it might be i I was just thinking how much you enjoy 8-bit pixel games yeah this would be 8-bit second life or 8-bit horizons. Well, it gets, it gets you away from the uncanny valley would be the thing that I would say, Michael, right? 
in in an eight bit environment, you're not expecting to have you know nearly human responses, emotions, micro expressions, etc. Right? You you got something pretty basic. So you know, oh, that 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 kind of relates to for me to the next article as well. Yes, and we've got a Kickstarter here, um, and I'll mangle the pronunciation. Dogal, dogal, uh, doggle, doggle. The, the smart goggle, the smart eye. Yeah, these. Well, there's not a dog's eye; that's a human eye. It's a smart eye doorbell. <laughs> so, if, if for those of you who have, you know, smart doorbells, you've seen those before. You press the button, the, the circle goes round and round, and then you can interact with the person dropping off a package or whatever. This one, one of the nuances, no, novelties, I would say, is that there's a human eye, which is very <laughs> reminiscent of the robot that comes out of Jabba the Hutt's palace and goes, hmm, "What?" There doesn't seem to be anyone here. Let's go back and tell Master Luke. Goodness gracious me. <laughs> Do you want in to see Java? Um, and um, <laughs> it doesn't come out at you, but it looks kind of 3D to me. And I would say that hits the Uncanny Valley button for me really hard. I think it's interesting. I don't know that, that I'd want this. Well, I, I assumed, I think I was the one that shared this with you both, and I, I assumed that um, that you definitely wouldn't want this, and I was thinking of you <laughs> as I shared it. I, I thought you have enough trouble with your own eyes, let alone um, having something like this stuck on the front of your house or anybody else's house. Um, I think it's um, it's it's really interesting. I, I like the... I, I don't think I'd like it either, but um, the parts of the concept I like, you know, the, the potential expressiveness the um the security implication you know will people behave differently in sort of with the psychology of having somebody apparently looking or watching um i i think um there's some there's some cool thoughts here but i'm not entirely sure there's some other interesting use of language in the um kickstarter they they use the word in emerging I double M E R G I N G to um, which I don't know is it whether it's meant to be a um, a typo is whether it's a typo or it's meant to be some kind of merging of immersive and emerging or, or what exactly mm. mm-hmm. um, because in the I, next I think it's got to be a typo because there's some really funky language yeah there in is some I of agree, the video but, but now that I've now that I've seen that word I like it that's <laughs> um, <laughs> no, a cool I, I combo play I get it. I think that it is a typo or it's a mistake because you're right. The language used is is kind of stilted and funky, as you say, in places. But um, yeah, I, I think um, that's a that's a fun fun word. And um, if uh, I like it too, if Epred isn't planning to use that for his next novel, then um, he should be. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, there there are other personification examples where we've looked at this sort of thing before with robotics where the expressiveness of the robot is highly influenced by this sort of thing and you can imagine the anthropomorphic uh, other uses of things like this on things that have a face like a car or others that might then give something a bit more towards the level of engagement and does that change behavior um, you know, if the car is parked and in sentry mode, <laughs> maybe maybe that's something that will keep people further away because they don't want to be anywhere in eyesight or shot of that particular thing. I don't know. 
Um, I hadn't thought about that before, Andy, but I'm glad you shared this with us because I'm like, yeah, I'm a uh, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not just a pass, but a hard pass. Hard so pass. so we've, we've got more um, future but, but now tech to talk about. Yes. We, we do. So the, the, the car thing is one of the uh, topics that we have to chat a little bit more about, too. So there there is an example, and I think this is reported on several different channels, too, about um, police officers that were pulling over a car to issue a citation, but it had no driver to it. And the AI powering said vehicle didn't recognize they were being pulled, pulled over. And so they're like, yeah, I'm just going to continue on my merry way and follow my directions. Actually, um, my my understanding from a follow-up article was it actually moved to what it considered a safer location, that it was not in a safe location when it stopped the first time. Well, Well, it wasn't being safe, right? I mean, it was driving without any headlights on, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were they were right but, to but, go but for in, the like, for the police officers it moved up and over to be in a safer location yeah and, and safer for the car safer for the police officers yeah, for the safer car. for you know who are we talking about here so it's it's an it's an intriguing thought and boy i wouldn't want to be the police officer necessarily to have to deal with this sort of thing because what are you going to do right tase it Get out your taser. <laughs> Short the thing out. <laughs> I, you know, your 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 rear your rear uh, brake light is out. You know, who are you going to tell? So that's an interesting yep. use case for autonomous vehicles about well, a g- human interacting with the vehicle for an important purpose, like flagging it down or to getting it to stop and not go across. Uh, uh, dangerous turf because there's road building going on, or I mean, one, police and fire, or, or, look, or. I, I think it goes back just, to the the definitions of the laws catching up with the technology, right? So, if it is driving in an unsafe condition, in this case, no headlights, who's at fault? Is it the algorithm? Is the it the company that designed the car? Is it the programmer? I I am gonna just put this both to both of you. Pop quiz, hot shots. Yes. Okay. There's Go. a there's a there's a self driving car. Without any headlights on, what do you do? What do you do? Get out of the way. <laughs> Tease it. Trying <laughs> to do my best, Dennis Hopper, but very failing, very badly. <laughs> wow, we we like that too. And and gosh, you know, again, so many things. We we had such a, a a long hiatus for for last week, so we have plenty more articles. So um, maybe a quick quick hitter, one or two, and then we're gonna have to get out of dodge. Yeah, um, yeah, we're running out of time fast. Ah. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm not I'm I'm a little familiar with what three words, and I always found this to be an intriguing way for geolocation. Apparently, this is being added now by Subaru and some other car companies, so that you can identify at a you know pretty basic level better than what you would for an address a street address a particular location and so that's kind of a neat thing to do if you haven't seen that before go check it out um well we, we've ha- got to be positive about what three words because they um they are famously quite uh um tenacious when it comes to um taking down people Marketing. who uh, are nasty about their technology but i would uh I have a number of issues with it, um, and so so I'll also include a link to some of the drawbacks with three words. Ah, okay. The, the, we, we should definitely take take a spin at that. Uh, staying on the car theme for a, a moment or 
three. Uh, there's at least a nice tweet and some rumors around DeLorean making an electric vehicle, a new one, uh, with the gullwing doors, of course, you know, being an important element to that. And, and of course, I, I the, could... the new Lego DeLorean has sold out everywhere. Um, yes. Although I saw a, a, a tweet, I think, of Christopher Lloyd being presented with one uh, he signed to, to sign, at least, I think, um, of the new model. Um Hmm. looked really good i want it but um yeah you can't get it you can't get it i've been looking almost every other day to see if it's back in stock because it's sold out within moments of going well, the, live and the latest ucs is the is is luke's land speeder which looks really good as oh. well um which yeah which I also I saw that really one want. that doesn't come out till may the fourth though so I yeah, but that's not as cool on. that's not as cool as you know having the light up brick uh <laughs> so that you can look at the flux capacitor, right? There's no flux well, capacitor if in the it actually, If it actually speeds over land, it would be cooler. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's not. Um, th- there's a quick article that I found for, for those of you who love uh, D20s uh, and yes. dice and the like. I, I had no idea that these things have been around for quite as long as they have been, and some of them are more than 2,000 years old. Have a look. Uh, and definitely Very do cool. roll a d20 for insight when you listen to Games Worked Up is. It's how I roll. And then the last thing that we've got here, mm. um, Andy, I think this was what you saw, was the mm. the new, uh, the next generation um, fan edit uh, in the style of the 1970 animated series. And this is just fabulous. Any things you want to leave, leave the audience with to check that I mean, out? It, they, they took the... Uh the end of um, the end sequence of Best of Both Worlds Part One, uh, which is one mm. of the greatest cliffhangers in televisual history, in my opinion. Especially if you if you saw it the first time around, like I did, and none of us knew what was going to happen next. Um, and uh, they they they've animated it in the style of the the original animated series, as Michael says. But they've got the audio from the um, from the nineteen eighty nine, I think, uh, or ninety uh, TV show. Um, although the music is still in the style of the animated series, it's very, very well done. Um, and they've added like an alien crew member that was, you know, they, they were easier to do in an animation back then. Um, yeah, I, I think it's very good. It's only a couple of minutes long, but uh, I think I, 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 the love that's gone into that edit is is obvious um, and appreciated. It's, it's loads of fun. Really liked it. Well, with that, folks, um, let me thank everyone for listening in, dialing us back up, and uh, please uh, send us your links, thoughts, etc., and come back again in another week's time when you can hear even more about gamesatwork.biz on, um, I guess, games on gamesatwork.biz. Work. .biz. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. See ya, See ya everybody. You've been listening to gamesatwork.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network. And we'd like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork_biz underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz. Music.